Brett Shavers. I'm a former Marine and former police detective, and I've done a lot of different cases from uh, traffic tickets all the way to murder and national security investigations. And I've come to this world of digital forensics because I realized that computer will never kill me compared to working undercover. I, I think I'm wrong in that assumption. So eventually, computers probably will uh, come after <laughs> us. But until then, I'm uh, writing books on how to actually do digital forensic investigations. This is a continuing episode of a series with Brett Shavers, author of Placing the Suspect Behind the Keyboard, using digital forensics and investigative techniques to identify cyber crime suspects. Now, you know, over those those topics in the, those chapters, among those, what are you most proud of? And could you tell us a story about it? Ooh, um... I would say, I wouldn't say most proud. I would, and it's not my case, but there's um, a bad case where someone got arrested and they should not have been arrested. And this person was a firefighter, and I think it was a lieutenant. And there was a uh, a poorly done investigation. He was arrested. Life was thrown upside down. He got terminated. Family kind of disowned him, and and he was completely innocent and exonerated. And looking through the case and reading the affidavits and everything, it was just a simple, such a simple thing that the law enforcement agency could have done just to verify something, and which they didn't do. And that went on for years before the guy was finally exonerated. So I kind of put that in this book as a not as a dig on the the agency, but on the uh, okay. If you're going to do this job, you really this, it, this is a zero risk, zero error. We we can't have any errors on who we're being who's arresting or being charged. And that's kind of what I'm hopefully most proud of with the book. This book and the upcoming one is you, you got to find the person, and he's got to be the right person because otherwise you ruin people's lives. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's for sure. It's like. Uh, you know, it's one of those industries that <laughs> I tend to avoid because the stakes are high, like being a doctor or a surgeon or something like that. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, but I like that your book can be used for offensive purposes and defensive purposes. So it's, uh, it's, it's really valuable in, in that way. Yeah, it, it can. It's, um, and I had a few comments of people saying, well, you're giving away secrets and that sort of thing. And, and there is no secret today with anything. Everything is open. I mean, there's, and even, you know, criminal hackers, for example, they know how they're being tracked. You know, they know more than what we know, really, you know, for the most part. So it can be used, obviously, by someone to say, oh, I can be tracked this way, I can be found this way. But they still get caught because you still have to violate these rules, you know, criminal rules that we got to break the law, we got to do this. You, you got to do it to break the law, and you get caught that way. So it's one of those. Um, Everything can be on the internet. You're still going to catch people breaking laws if you're doing a good job. Sorry, just, uh, don't be. It's okay. Yeah. We all get, we all get caught if we do wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I was really more from coming from the frame of a, as a defense. So if you're a, a defender and you have some evidence against you that might be some digital forensics, but maybe it's incorrect or it's not well, uh, uh, how do I say, collected or something. You, you if you, the more you know, the better you can set up your defense as well. Yes, and it's 
not in this book, but maybe in, in this, the book I'm writing, there is a case exactly that way where it was used in a defense. I mean, there's a lot of cases like that. The defense always uses, obviously, the forensics to prove or disprove um, allegations. And there are some cases that are really clearly, if not for forensics, an innocent person would have gone to jail. I mean, it's just one of those, uh, it works both ways. Uh, for, for the truth, because the data is data. You know, a zero is a zero, and a one is a one. The data is what it is. So it, it's different than other types of evidence where a witness may misremember something. But if it's on the computer, it's on the computer. It's not like um, you, know, you can change it. <laughs> so. Now, you live in the Seattle area. Yes. And what kind of, are you writing full-time? Do you do work out there, or what is it you... I work, and I squeeze in writing when I can, and I, which is, uh, it's never enough. You know, obviously, you could always spend a lot more time writing. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's that goes back to the the torture part of, of writing. Always looking yeah. for more time. So, tell us about the next project you're working on. You've you've, you've talked about it a little bit, but uh, what more would you want to add about that? Well, I'm actually working two books right now, oh, and wow. it's a lot. I think. It's more than I thought initially, obviously. The, the first one is obviously the uh, second edition of this place in the suspect behind a keyboard. And uh, that's going to be a very intense book with um, more detail, a lot, a lot of deep diving and things. And the other book I have, it's a uh, real-life Tom Clancy digital forensics type creative nonfiction book. So I don't know how to explain that, but it's a, uh, it's a true story. Still ongoing, kind of with a government that broke into some journalist offices, planted some digital evidence, had a couple hundred people thrown in prison, some died, tortured, assassinations, that sort of thing. And the forensics uncovered what the, this this government, not the U.S. government, did. And that's what the book is about. And it um, includes you know the witnesses, the victims in that. And it's a uh, like I said, it's a non creative nonfiction, I guess. I've never written that kind of thing, but it's kind of a creative nonfiction that goes over forensics in detail as well and shows how the forensics impacted the real life and the real life impacting the actual data. So that's a very unique book coming out hopefully next year that I'm writing with the co author, Arthur uh, Mark Spencer. And yeah. that one should be pretty interesting for non forensic people to read since it's some serious life and death and corruption and that sort of thing in there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's called, I mean, that's historical fiction is uh, further in the past generally, but you're writing yeah. uh, maybe more recent, <laughs> yeah. uh, almost, may, how, what, do you, what do you call it? Present day dramatization of a real true to life story. Are you doing it? Would you call this a dramatization or is it, are you trying to keep it f extremely factual? It's going to be factual because we have live witnesses to tell us the story too. We have the data. So we have, we have that. There's a lot of news sources. So it's, it's, it's public. I mean, the, uh, the incident and not just one incident, it's a major, major thing. And it's to get, this is a country that I'm not going to get a stamp in my passport after this book is written. So, uh, <laughs> so um, it's that kind of a book. So. <laughs> right on. Do you have a working title you care to share, or is it too far uh, away from ste that? Ste stepping into the breach is the working title, and could be that ends up that way, but we'll see how it turns out as we get through uh, more of the book. But it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, no, that does sound really fun. Uh, and people love... I, I don't know if you... A fan of police procedurals, that could be an angle that you're using in this style uh, because you're working with real world data. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's uh, me, me either. We're still working on it as far as uh, how cool. it's really going to flesh out. It's, it's going to be an interesting read, a, a storyline based 
but factual, like historical fiction, but happening now mm. kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, because historical fiction, they might like like Attila the Hun. Nobody really knew, you know, I'm going to make this up. I don't know if it's true, but let's say he had a family member, a sister or a brother that nobody knew. You could actually include that person in the story because nobody can actually contradict the fact that, well, there was a brother or a sister, but we don't know exactly what they did. So you can, you have some leeway to, to right. uh, how do I say, make the story pop more by having, I don't know, some, some interesting dramatization in there. Yeah. Well, this one is, uh, we have a witness, for example, who was tortured and uh, his experience in, in the jail for being wrongly imprisoned and framed and everything was, uh, he said, not that bad because people down the hall had it way worse. <laughs> so <laughs> those are the kind of stories in the book. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> now you are doing part two of the digital forensic book, uh, placing the suspect behind the keyboard. Yes. So, so second edition, that should be done next year as well. And you're saying second edition, so it's a new yeah. edition of the existing... Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I wasn't so sure the, if it was a series or not. Yeah, it's um, things have changed in the past 10 years. So we have a, a lot newer tech that we can work with. So that's going to be updated in the book, of course. And a lot more cases have happened in that uh, last nine or 10 years. So more good things I can put in there and investigative processes. And I've gotten a little bit smarter since then, so I can, can add some better, uh, some tips in there as well. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, hey, is there anything else that we should talk about that maybe we missed and didn't discuss? I think we uh, flew over that one pretty good with some the good highlight, but that's that's the gist of everything. Uh, that's a, uh, the books are the books. Hopefully, they'll help more people. Uh, they help me because I write it. Like I said, I'm the audience, but obviously, I know that I wanted to help other people as well. So, yeah, I think we did that pretty good there. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows get this technology from the future install into your phone a podcast player using this you can subscribe to our podcast feed and next thing you know you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts or you'll be out there jogging or you'll be doing whatever you want to do and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming you can find instructions on lancerkind.com Check out the show notes and you will find goodies like links to Brett's book and his website. Where are the show notes? The show notes are in your podcast player right there for your easy tapping. If you're not using a podcast player and you downloaded this mp3 from a web page, go back to the web page and you will see the show notes there. This series started at episode 222. Go to sci-fi-thoughts.space and type into the search box there if you need to go find the start of the series. Next episode, more Brett Shavers. Like, would there be a science fiction movie that had good digital forensics procedures in it? Never. Never? Um, <laughs> 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 so,